I thought I was finished last week with this series, The Increased Life, but I've decided there's another component that I missed and I needed to use this to lock the whole thing together. And this morning we're going to look at um, if we care, if we care. And uh, the, the Bible and Jesus clearly tells us it's the greatest commandment. You know, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love him with everything you've got. And then love your neighbour as yourself. And, you know, we can read that throughout the Gospels, but it's actually, if you look through the Bible, it's actually there nine times. It's amazing. Love your neighbour as yourself. And uh, we have to care in our lives if we want that increase on our lives. You know, it's a little like, um, if we care, it's a little bit like the operating software systems we have on our computers. We can have the best hardware, hardware the newest hardware, the, the, the latest thing, but without the operating software being in place, the thing just won't work. It just won't run. And I think that's the way uh, caring is to God. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about without love, we're just a clanging cymbal, a resounding gong. We're just going through the motions. We're not actually really doing what God's calling us to do. We can say we'll do the right things, but we actually have to do the right things. It's the foundation. It's so important as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, to care for each other, to care for what's going on around us. You know, we're looking at this series of the book of Daniel, and we've looked at the first six chapters of the book of Daniel uh, at some length. You know, we've, we've read a fair bit of scripture, and we will again this morning. We have, if we learn, if we are humble, if we try, if we trust, if we stay, this morning is if we care, if we care. And as I said, it wasn't initially in my messages, but I just thought, no, this is the thing that holds it together. We have to be intentional about caring for, for God, of course, but for caring for each other. As a church, we need to be intentional about that. Loving God, loving others, loving life, you know, it's all important. But we need to care in our lives and, and because it's only then we'll effectively outwork the mission of the church to reach and positively influence our community and world. And, and that's by building a significant church. And, uh, and, and let me say to start here this morning... Daniel really cared, and I'm going to demonstrate that to you this morning when we have a look at what we we'll break this up to a few points. Um, you know, it's so easy to get blasé in life. We get overwhelmed with information, social media, TV images, and sometimes we become hardened to them. We start to not care so much. It's not intentional, it's just the way it is, and we get used to it, and, and it's just... Um, you know, we end up in a position like, this doesn't concern me. Uh, I don't need to get involved in this. I don't need to think about this. This seems like a movie, a fictional movie somewhere else. And I think sometimes we can get hardened to those things. You know, for instance, in this, this last season, I've been considering, well, how do I respond to Black Lives Matter? How, how do I respond to that as a church? You know, I'm not a racist. I think we're doing all right, you know, and, and, and often we can just disregard those things. But I want to say to you this morning that we really need to do more than just have an attitude like that. We actually need to do things about it. You know, we need to understand. I've been doing some reading and considering about the white privilege we have as, as white people, and, and it's, it's pretty astonishing when you, when you think about that and read about that. And it changed the way I thought about it. And I need to challenge you just a little bit here this morning. We have to care. 
it doesn't matter if we think we're not a, a racist, we, we, we think we, we're okay with, with coloured people and, and we don't treat them differently. Well, I wonder about that. You know, um, I was horrified at the death of George Floyd, and as, as you would have been as well recently, but become, after a few weeks already, blasé to it. You know, oh, well, that's just the way it is. And, and I want you, if you can, and I'm, I, I can't direct you to it directly, but there's a, a YouTube video, um, and if you just put into YouTube privilege, it shows some kids that are set up to run a race for $100, and the guy says, well, um, you know, if you've got two parents that are still together, step forward. And he goes through a whole things that they've done nothing to earn, and he steps through, and it's usually the, the rich white kids end up further ahead than the black, uh, less well-to-do kids at the back. And he said, this is what life is like. And, and we have to understand the white privilege we have. We have to care. We have to show compassion. We have to love. We must risk the pain of loving and caring too much. You know, Jim Rohn said this, if we care at all, we'll get some results. If we care enough, you'll get great results. And, uh, you know, as I said, I had to really wrestle with this whole idea. Do I say anything? Do I not say anything? And I just realised I have to say something about this. I have to do things about this. And, uh, and I, I pray that's for you as well. You know, and this last season has taught us that we have to be intentional about caring. And, and if you just look at Jesus, what he did, he wept, he was anguished, he had compassion, he was touched, and he responded out of that, out of that compassion, out of that care for us, for mankind. And we have to do respond the same way for us. We have to share God's love with people around us in our world. And we have to, to demonstrate the causes of Christ in our lives, not just talk about it, demonstrate it. You know, we have to allow ourselves to be changed by, by Jesus' grace and his truth in our life and then outwork that in the challenges of life. You know, the Bible tells us we mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And, and if we care. And this morning, I want to show you this in the book of Daniel, how Daniel really cared. You know, if we really want to increase in our lives, we have to care with the compassion and the care and the love of Jesus. You know, see, Daniel cared about his God. He cared about our God. You know, he, as a Hebrew, he wasn't prepared to com compromise himself at all with food, with, with rituals, with um, worshipping statues, with prayer, you know, he, he, praying to, to, to idols. He just wouldn't do it. And we've looked at that over this series. Even being threatened with death, you know, and thrown into a lion's den, he, he still wouldn't compromise himself. He stayed firm. He trusted in God throughout. And that's a challenge for us because often our lives get so busy, so full, that we often forget, we care about what God cares about, but we forget to care about God, what God cares about. And, uh, and our actions don't really line up with our words. And, uh, you know, here's a few things, you know. Do you really take the Sabbath seriously? Like, do you really take a day of rest, you know? Do you take time to pray? Do you, every, do you spend time praying to God, or is it just something you'd like to do? You know, do you listen to God's Holy Spirit? Do you read his word? Do you worship him? You know, here's a season where, where it's easy not to worship God because, well, there's not church, so how can I worship God? Well, you can worship in your bedroom. You can worship in your lounge room. We can worship on the beach. We can worship everywhere. And it shouldn't be just restricted to these four walls where we worship God. We should worship him with our life. 
And so often we put our own needs above the needs of others around us. We say we care, but our lives don't always display that. So here's a challenge. If God, with Jesus, was to spend a day with you on this earth, or a week, whatever, a day or a week, which part of your life would you be embarrassed to let him see? You see, if he's with you and you do your normal life, which parts of that would you be embarrassed for him to see? It's a challenging thought, isn't it? Well, Daniel cared about his God. Here's the second thought. Daniel cared about his friends. When he interpreted the king's dream, he was placed in a high position. And in Daniel 2, verses 49, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, administrators over the province of Babylon. You know, he was the sort of friend we all want and the sort of friend we should all be. He was consistent and true and loyal and trustworthy. The sort of friend we'd all would love to be, I guess. What sort of friend are you? What sort of friend are you? Do you care about your friends and the people around you? Do you go out of your way to help and support them, to encourage them, to build them up, to, to, to do whatever you can do to, to be there for them? Or are you more of a fair-weather friend? When things get tough, you drop out of the scene. Be the sort of friend that you want other people to be to you. If we care. See, Daniel cared about his God and his friends. The third thought here this morning. Daniel cared about his people the Hebrews, and he cared about Jerusalem. In Daniel verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 2 to 3, uh, and we haven't looked at these at, at all at this stage, in the first year of his reign, this is this Darius, I think, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord, came to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So he's realised that they have been exiled to, to Babylon and it's going, to happen, it's going to last for 70 years. And I'm going to come back to that verse in a minute. So I turned to the Lord God, this is verse 3, and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. He was praying, he was pleading, he was fasting for his people. Let me read on, verses 4 to 5. This is Daniel 9. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. Daniel cared so much for his people that he confessed and interceded and fasted and prayed and pleaded to God on their behalf. He included himself in those prayers, you know, even though probably there wasn't too much you could you could point at Daniel's life and say, well, you know, you sinned or you were wicked and you rebelled. I, I can't see that in Daniel's life, but he included himself in these prayers. We have been wicked. We have sinned. We have done wrong. We have rebelled. And I love that about Daniel because he wasn't arrogant about this. He wasn't proud about it. He prayed wholeheartedly. He pleaded with God. He was all in. No excuses. It wasn't like, oh, those miserable people, they're doing that again and God's, you know, get them. And no, we have sinned. He cared so much, he prayed, he threw himself on behalf of his people at the feet of God, at the mercy of God. You know, there's a story I want to tell you, and it happened a few years ago now. But uh, um, there was a young mum that came to our church and she had a little baby. And she was a little bit unkept, you know, we, and she really wouldn't make eye contact with anybody. And, uh, you know, she seemed 
I don't think she connected with hardly anyone that first week she came. She came back the next Sunday. And, uh, and even though she was still very standoffish, you know, someone was able to connect with her in the back room, with mum's room. She had a little baby and she was changing nappies and feeding and all that sort of stuff. And this person found out that she was fleeing from a domestic violence relationship. She was actually living in her car and she had a little pup tent as well that she was living in. And uh, she, was, she fled in fear. Anyway, somehow Robin got told about it on the morning and before this girl had gone, someone had slipped $100 into Robin's hand and said, can you give that to her? And uh, you know, Robin tried to put it in a new people's bag and said, oh, I haven't got any room at all in my car, I haven't got any room for anything. He said, no, no, open up, darling, just have a look. And there was $100 and then she burst into tears. Anyway, that was a good thing to do, right? You know, if, if it was just $100, we'd all do that, wouldn't we? Can I ask you that, would you? If you met someone and they told you a tough, the first time you've met them, would you give them a hundred dollars? Well, this changed this little girl, this lady's life. She was a young mum. Um, a few weeks later, she rang the office, the church office, and uh, and Chris answered the phone. She said, "I've rung to thank you so much to the person that, that gave me a hundred dollars." That $100 has changed my life. I was able to put fuel in the car. I was able to get to a refuge uh, and then some emergency housing because that, for the first time in a very long time, I feel safe. My baby and I feel safe. Thank you so much. Make sure you tell that person, thank them so much for what they did. And Chris is weeping on the phone and she's praising God. Amazing. It's amazing what just a little care will do if we care if we care about each other, if we care for each other. You know, Jesus' command in John 15, love each other. Daniel cared for his people. Here's another thought for you this morning. Daniel even cared about the Babylonian nation and these foreign people that had forced him to live there, you know, that he'd been forced into their culture. And if we go back to that, that verse, Daniel uh, 9 verse 2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So he got this letter, and, and if, we can, if we do a bit of research on it, it's actually the letter that Daniel wrote is actually Jeremiah 29. And, and we can read the same letter that Daniel read back all those years ago, 2,500 years ago. And it's, it's in my Bible as a letter to the exiles. And I love this. And it's out of Jeremiah 29. And, and it's, it's just amazing, really. And I'll, let me read it to you. There's a little bit of verse here, but let me just read it to you. This is Jeremiah 29.1. This is the text of the letter that prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Okay, let's go to verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all these who carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, I love that. Wherever we are, don't ever despise the place as God has got you and positioned you. Care about that place. Pray for that place. Care about the city God has placed you in right now. Care about the people God has got you positioned in right now. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. Pray for it. So you may not 
have necessarily chosen to be where you are right now. Circumstances might have conspired to get you where you are. Um, but you've, wherever you are, we've got to care. Wherever we are, you know. For many of us, um, we've got to care about our neighbours. Even though they've got different values, different uh, beliefs, different ways of doing life. You know, they like to party to midnight and that's annoying sometimes. But we've got to care for them in a way that they want to be cared for. You know, if you are viewing and watching this from our local area, from Port Stephens, we have to care about this region. We have to want the best for it. We have to pray for it. We have to, you know, that's why we're prepared to do uh, ministry in high school, things like, you know, um, mentoring in primary schools and, and shine for the young girls and, and we do music and moves for preschool age, for the young families. That's why we do youth every week. You know, there have been thousands of young people positively influenced in our community over these years that we've done youth. And that's why we'll go and clean up somebody's backyard that's been overgrown and they can't do it themselves anymore. That's why we'll provide meals to people. Because we care. You know, that's why we pray for our mayor. That's why we pray for our state government. That's why we pray for our federal government, our national government and our prime minister. Because we care. We want them to prosper. We want them to do well. Because if they do well, we'll do well. And Daniel's told the same thing here. You know, if, if Babylon does well, you're going to do well. You're going to prosper. It's time to lift our eyes from our own small concerns, to lift our eyes, to consider what's out there we should be involved in and concerned for and praying for. You know, what, what needs our prayers? What, what, what blessing is needed in our, in our world? What are we going to sow into? Because if this place prospers, if the city prospers, so will we. And we have to get some margin in our lives. You know, that's what this last season has taught us, I think, that we can care and respond with compassion in all circumstances. Not so we can watch more television, not so much we can be more on social media, not so we can be more lazy. No, that's not what God will want. He wants the margin in your life so you can be caring and compassionate in our community. Okay, so the letter from the exiles from, from Jeremiah goes on, and maybe you'll this will be a little bit more familiar with you, in Jeremiah 29, verses 10 to 14. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I'll bring you back from captivity is basically what he, he says there. So get the picture here, Daniel cared for the city and the people of Babylon. Particularly, you know, that was what God had spoken through his word, his prophet in, of Jeremiah to the exiles. And, and the, the fifth and last thought here this morning Daniel even cared about the kings he served. He honoured and respected and esteemed even the kings from a foreign country that were mean and nasty and cruel, and he esteemed them. And, and he, in turn, was esteemed. He, he was esteemed by the kings, he was esteemed by God, and I'll show you that in a minute. You know, each and every king he served under sought him out. They wanted him on their team. Every single one of them recognised that Daniel was a man of integrity and someone they could trust because he cared. You know, Daniel 6 verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel distinguished himself. He was exceptional. No king, 
had ever suffered loss while Daniel was around. See, Daniel genuinely cared for those in authority. He was exceptional because of that. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 2. I urge them, first of all, that the petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that you may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And remember that verse we looked at earlier, at Daniel 9? It was God's response to Daniel's prayer in verse 23. There was an angel sent by the Lord, an angelic being was talking to Daniel. In, in verse 23 it says this, As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. For you are highly esteemed. God highly esteems you. Daniel, you're highly esteemed by God. That, that's just amazing. And a bit later on, Daniel's fasting and praying for 21 days for his people. And, you know, we fast and pray at the start of each year for, for our region, for our church, for individuals, for God's direction and protection, I guess. And, but here's, here's the truth when we're praying. Sometimes we just have to hang in there. Sometimes we just have to stay firm in that prayer with, you know, because it doesn't look like it's happening. And we may not see something that we're praying for happening or, or even feel like God's with us in that. And in Daniel 10 verse 12, it says this. This is the, the angel talking to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourselves before your God, your words were heard. And I've come in response to them. You see, if we care, if we love God, if we love people, if we love life, if we reach and positively influence our community world, if we're intentional about caring for those around us, even in a hostile environment, if we honour and pray for those who are in authority over us, um, you know, they're put above us, uh, it can make a huge difference. And we, like Daniel, will be esteemed. God is with us as he was with Daniel, uh, even in the most testing uh, circumstances. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even if we don't understand it, uh, we still have to be intentional about caring in our lives. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Um, if we learn, if we're humble, if we try, if we trust, if we stay, if we care, we will prosper and increase, just like Daniel did. I'm going to finish with this story. And it's just about my favourite story, all-time all favourite story. Um, it's a story from World War I, and it's about two soldiers. A soldier, his, his name was Jim, was in the trenches and saw his good friend out in no man's land and the ground between the trenches and those of the enemy. So he was stuck in between the two lots of trenches. His good friend stumbled and fell in a hail of bullets. The soldier said to his officer, Sir, may I go and bring him in? And the officer refused. No one can live out there, he said. I should only lose you as well. The soldier hesitated for a little while. But then disobeying the officer, the soldier ran out to try and save his friend, for they had been like brothers throughout the whole war. Somehow he got his friend on his shoulder and, and dragged him back to the trenches. But he himself was shot and lay critically wounded, while his friend was dead. The officer was angry. I told you not to go. He said, now I've lost both of you. It's not worth it. With his dying breath, the soldier said this, but it was worth it, sir. Worth it? How can it be worth it, said the officer. Your friend is dead and you are dying. The young soldier shrunk back at first, but then looked up at the officer and said this. It was worth it, sir, because when I got to him, he said, Jim, I knew you'd come. If we care, we can make a significant difference in 
people's lives, in our community, in our world, wherever God's got us positioned, if we care. Let God speak to you about that in this coming week. Let me pray for you to finish here this morning. Father God, we thank you so much that you laid down your life for us, God. You cared so much for us that didn't even know you, that were cursing you, that, were, that put you up on that cross. You cared so much, Jesus, that you died on that cross for us. So we could have the victory that you won for us on that cross, Lord. Here this morning, God, I pray hearts are stirred. Holy Spirit, we invite you in afresh. Fill us afresh, Holy Spirit. Stir our spirits. Stir all that within us, God. That the, We have to be a people that cares. We have to be a compassionate people that loves others around us in our world. Even those people we disagree with, we've got to love them, we've got to care for them in a way that they want to be careful. God, we know you know, the deepest desire of our hearts is to be known and to know other people, God. And, and Lord, I pray here this morning, God, people will come to our minds, just as we're here in prayer, of people that we should be caring for, that we should be reaching out to, that we should be uh, uh, laying down our own agenda and, and, and caring for them in a way that you would want us to care for them, Lord. And one last prayer, Lord. I, I pray here this morning for those that don't know you, God, I pray for the ones that maybe recognise that there may be a God out there, but even though I don't understand it, but, but we need a God in here in our hearts. We need to invite Jesus into our hearts. It's called salvation. And here this morning, I pray, you pray a prayer of salvation to ask Jesus into your heart. He'll forgive you of all that you've done wrong. Forever. And we, we live in eternity because of that decision as we follow Jesus with our lives. God, I pray for those people right now that something is going on in them that they want to respond to you. And there's a little button on our screen you can press if you'd like to do that to let us know about that. God, I thank you so much for your love and your care for us, Lord, and particularly this world, Lord. We, we pray for your love to be so evident in these coming days, these coming weeks, these coming months, these coming years. We pray that all in Jesus' precious name. Hey, great to be with you this morning. Have a fantastic week. We'll talk soon. See you then. Bye for now. This is my testimony from dead to life.